When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. Well, thanks for starting your weekend right here. Inside Sports on 630 Ched. You can get more on the new additions to the Edmonton Oilers on 630Ched.com. Archie Henderson, Director of Pro Scouting. Tyler Wright, Director of Amateur Scouting. And in fact, Archie Henderson will join us in about half an hour. We will also catch up with Ed Ilnicki, the 2017 Heck Crichton winner. Oh, yeah. As an exceptional running back for the U of A Golden Bears. Yeah, right. What's he up to? He's been recruited by Rugby Canada. Wow. So he's going to tell us about that. Well, that's Isn't that amazing. That actually would, that kind of seems like a pretty good fit. For yeah. Him. Yeah. Obviously, you know, he kept looking at his CFL options yeah. and, you know, there was a lot of, well, you got to be a fullback or, yeah. you know, and he's kind of thought, well, I don't like know about that. like to tackle him without equipment. Yeah. That <laughs> would not be fun. So we'll see how that goes. He's going to tell yeah. us a story. I'm, I'm not sure how that comes to yeah. be. So uh, he'll, he'll tell the story. Gene Principe's in studio. Thanks for uh, stopping in. Yeah, no problem. It's great. And very little traffic and beautiful day, night. Yeah, first time in a while. Wow. Yeah, today was, uh, that was a summer day finally. All right. Jay says, hey, Gene, a fellow by the name of Claudio has told me some great stories <laughs> of you and him growing up together. Yes. Keep up the great work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Claudio and Garo. Actually, Claudio's having a barbecue tomorrow, my buddy. We, oh. we have about six or eight of us who... Uh, well, some of us have known each other since we were five and six years old. Wow. And then some of us got together uh, grade seven. So grade seven, even you're 12, so that's 40 years. And we, we have a group chat, and it's ridiculous. Uh, and we went to Vegas when we turned 50, and we go to the lodge once a year. Claudio's a hunter. Uh, uh, and Garo Outdoors, in case you're into hunting. And, uh, you know, Joe and John and uh, Rob and Randy and another Joe and Pat. And, yeah, so anyways, that's nice. Yeah, we, you know what? Uh, well, that's one of the nice things, Reed. I, um, I, left, uh, I left home when I was 19 for career purposes right. and then came back at 31. And in those days, the only way you really contacted was, well, I guess you could send a letter sure. or you'd phone. Um, but that's one of the great things coming back is connecting with friends, family, uh, people that, in, you know, you went to school with but haven't seen in a long time. I, I'm not, you know, being in your hometown and having a mild amount of success, but more importantly, being happy mm-hmm. and having a job that you enjoy and having your family around, that's... You know, the old, you can't put a price tag on that. And uh, so that's great. And I'm going to see Claudio tomorrow. I'll that's say awesome. Adam for you, Jay. <laughs> that is incredible. Uh, this texture says, just to go back to the football for a second, I liked what the TSN TV guy said last night for the Eskimos defensive line internal competition. It wasn't a matter of getting to the quarterback, but uh, who was going to get to the quarterback first? Well, there, there were some, there were a couple times during that game where I thought it's almost like, 
the Eskimos could get a sack whenever they wanted. It's just a matter of when Lolly wants to call that play. Yeah. That's going to get the sack. I know that I know that sounds a little cocky, and I know when I say that, I, I, it's okay, it's weak. It's yeah. four games, but it was a heck of a game. Yeah. Uh, Wayne says, Gene, what do you think of our new goalie, Mike Smith? I see no reason why he can't be our starter and Koskinen the backup. Well, I mean, uh, I I think you're really going to have a 1A and 1B this year. I, I don't think it's going to be a, a 60-20 or 22 or oh, anything no like that. No. Um, I think it's going to be 45 to 50 and uh, around 30 for Mike. I, I like Mike. Um, he's very personable. Um, had some success. And, he, you know, he's fought. You go back early in his career and he had to kind of to fight to to be in the league, to stay in the league, to find success. And I haven't been around him in room settings a lot because I've never covered his team on a day-to-day basis. But I think he's a guy that can help, you know, bring some some leadership. We don't, and I think it's kind of unfair because I, I think Cam was at a time part of the leadership group. But sometimes we don't expect uh, leadership from goalies. I don't know if that's the right way to no, put but it. No, yeah, I understand. You know what I mean? We, yes. You know, it's the forwards, it's the defense, and we kind of let the goalies just just stop the puck. Don't worry about anything else. Right. Uh, but I think Mike, to me, is is a leader, so I think he's going to be a good fit, and it's going to go well with him and Koskinen. Well, you know, Kelly Rudy's on my show every week during the season, and I asked him that once. Did you feel comfortable? Either in a talking to the media after game or during intermissions, saying. You know, come on, guys. Yeah. You're not forecheck because you, you're not going to forecheck. You're and and Kelly said, you know what? I I totally did. Uh, as I got older, I, I felt like I could critique how the team played as a whole mm-hmm. and myself as a goaltender. He said the only thing I wouldn't comment on was the power play because he said I'm so removed from from that that, that, that it's that a different it's a different game flow than what than five on five. He said that's the only thing he wouldn't talk about was was the power play. But he he kind of grew into that leadership role from a spot that we don't always. Uh, consider it to be a leadership role yeah this texter says <laughs> now he's saying player not fellow media members okay so you can't say me okay <laughs> have you ever been around a player who has had an absolute temper tantrum or crazy meltdown if so can you say who <laughs> wow you know that's what a, that's a good one a temper tantrum like and a something meltdown really extreme i mean i've <sighs> Wow, I'm gonna. I, I'd have to. Th- nothing pops into my head that you have kind of filed every time someone yeah. asks you, "Hey, have you ever seen anyone have a huge temper tantrum?" I can't. You know, the only one I remember once when Theo Fleury was with the Rangers at the old building, and my timing might be a bit off, but I think he. My my details are a bit off, but I think he'd got. He was thrown out, or he had a ten minute misconduct, something along those lines. And at the old building, uh, the visitors' dressing room for many years was literally 10 steps from my studio. My studio, our studio, whoever was working the TV games. And I remember he, now, to Theo's defense, at that time he was, his life was in a bad place. Mm-hmm. And he was doing things and taking things that he stopped doing. And as a result, his life's in a much better place. Uh, and he was on the phone and he was just... He, he was losing it, but way this away wasn't from on anyone else. Not right, on camera. Right. It was way back, kind of by his room, which 
was fine. He was still in full equipment. That's the only one that now that I think of it um, kind of strikes me. Nothing else at this point, but that was one. And I mean, listen, I, I grew up watching the Battle of Alberta and it was Theo Fleury. You know, maybe if it was, I'm going to say Jay McKee. I just picking a defense. You know, like, sorry, Jay <laughs> McKee, guy. but, yeah. you know, just a, another guy. I might not have really picked up on it, but because it was Theo Fleury, I took more note of it, I guess. Yeah, in terms of, I, I don't know, maybe that texture didn't mean uh, on camera during an interview. I mean, it's not nearly as common as people might think. I mean, TSN still uses the Hal McRae meltdown. Right. They'll the find top and, yeah. 10 lists just to work yeah. it in. That was 30... Yeah. Oh, gosh. It was in it was the... Probably 86. Yeah, I was going to say 85, 86, ago. yeah. I mean, so... Yeah, there are some major melt... I'm, I guess Tor Tortorella... Yeah. But but a lot of times he's not... Sometimes he's mad specifically at somebody. Right. I mean, I know from, from my standpoint, cover, specifically covering the Oilers, maybe two or three times over the years, there's been a player shooting back at me for mm-hmm. a question, mm-hmm. or maybe the next day you kind of have to go yeah. say, hey, I just met, and usually yeah. it's fine. But in terms of a guy going off... I mean, you remember Glenn Gullitson, obviously, when he, he did yeah. the stick? Like, but that's, the, if that's what he yeah. means, then those are the... But you're right. I And there's sometimes, too, like you'll leave a scrum with someone and go, hmm, I think he kind of... Either he didn't like the question or he took it the wrong way. Yeah, he didn't or, feel like talking or, about yeah, that. Yeah, right, whatever it might be. And then you circle back the next day just to kind of go, hey, are, you know, are we okay? This is what I meant. Or if you took it this way, I, I didn't mean it that way. Or, you, you know, you, you kind of smooth it over, right? Yeah. But I would say in the oiler room, like, most of the guys are pretty good like I like Zach Cassian from a standpoint of you know what if he doesn't necessarily agree with what you're saying or like what you're saying he'll well first of all he's got the stare right like that stare is <laughs> I mean how would you like to see that stare on the ice when you're not got no gloves on I would not want to see that stare but I like Zach he's been through a lot and uh, if he hears or sees something maybe that he doesn't necessarily agree with he he's honest about it uh, but it's just like Zach to me he's just such a He's so laid back, but when he when he gives you that look, it's pretty intense. The other guy, real quick, Ethan Morrow used to kind of, not quite like Zach, but Ethan would kind of listen to your question and look at you, and you're thinking, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? And then Ethan was, was a good interview, but you're kind of thinking, is he computing this in a way that he doesn't like it, or he does like it, or what's he doing right now? Because yeah. a couple seconds seems like a well, long time. But you sooner have a guy listen to it than process but, yeah. it, than like, okay, what cliche can, yeah, I, right, can I pull right. out of the bag this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like Zach to me is, uh, sometimes they're, they're interesting scrums because he just, like, some players will not say anything about anything, right? Uh, well, look at Connor when Mark Spector asked him about <laughs> about going to the net that last game, right? And he said, well, you know what? If I stop doing that, I'm going to have to yeah. give Daryl's $100 million back. I have to give his money yeah. back, right? Like, Connor was like, wow, that was, like... So it's it's there, and sometimes I, I like it when it comes out once in a while because I think it keeps us honest yeah. that we're not allowed to just and say things, right? I didn't take right? that as Connor's being mad as anybody. No. I, I'm just like that's that's his honest reaction yeah, to absolutely. what a lot of people are are wondering. Yeah, yeah but I, I like it because sometimes I think we think we can ask and say anything, but that's not always the case. JP texting in simply says Gene is an icon. Oh wow, that's uh, is that like on a laptop or computer an icon? Um, <laughs> didn't I just hear JP? It's short for Italian, Canadian, Canadian. over 
I don't, I don't know. Uh, I was going to try <laughs> I can't and think, think of, of a pasta there. I see he's definitely Italian-Canadian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see he's so. definitely Italian-Canadian. I agree. JP was on just, I think... JP called in. And yeah, I heard said, him. He said, I'm glad I... Uh, he said, I'm glad I, Maybe I kept listening. Maybe Nutella. Nutella. Nutella is Italian. Italian-Canadian on Nutella. <laughs> yes, it is. There you there go. You go. <laughs> All right, well, I've kept you uh, I'm two minutes longer than I said I would. Uh, Gene does get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, of course. See you, Northern Chicken. And, cluck, uh, cluck. We'll, we'll do this. Well, we usually have you on the phone. Yeah. We find a reason to get you on the phone yeah, during the season, great, but we'll get you in studio again next summer. This is always one of my favorite segments. Yeah, you know, you think you're in your money after an oiler loss with Rob Brown. This is when you're in your <laughs> yeah, this- money when... You know, but you uncover a great story. You know, I'm looking forward to listening to uh, the transition from football. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All the rugby. Archie Henderson is coming up as well. That has been Gene Principe live on Inside Sports. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight, 719. Great visit from Gene Principe in studio. Henrik texting in, my son and I met Gene on a flight coming back from Arizona from an Oilers game. He talked to us like we were the most important people on earth. I'll never forget how personal he was, what a great guy he was. Well, absolutely, Gene, one of the uh, classiest guys in the business for sure. And, uh, yeah, we've actually known each other quite a while now not always uh, cons- we see each other a lot now especially during hockey season but yeah I briefly worked for the old Edmonton Drillers indoor soccer team in when was that the nine the 98 no the 99 2000 season so I would have known Gene a little bit then and then stayed in touch a little bit when I was working in Lloyd Minster mostly uh, in television he critiqued my my demo tape a few times over the years so uh definitely a guy i appreciate and uh, always a fun chat when he drops into studio like i mentioned archie henderson will be in studio or not in studio gene was in studio archie henderson will be uh, over the phone new oilers director of pro scouting out of the 730 news uh we got a complaint uh, we got a complaint here to inside sports at 630ched.com this email actually came in yesterday i did not have a show yesterday so i will uh, get it to you tonight and uh, again, that email, inside sports at 630ched.com. This is a, an email written by Greg, so I will read this. Hey, Reed, I just noticed that you had Greg Zahn on your show. Are you serious? How tone deaf is that? Greg Zahn is a horrible human being who was fired from Sportsnet because he thought men could say whatever they wanted of a sexual nature to women in the workplace. The fact that you're having that cretin on your show has made me lose complete respect for you and Chad for allowing it. That's an email I got from Greg. Well, Greg, thanks for writing. It's it's you know it's it's cool that you, you, people care about the content of the show enough that they'll they'll send you a note. Uh, Greg Zahn was fired from Sportsnet for inappropriate uh, verbal behavior. Uh, that's that's undeniable. That's exactly what happened. Greg Zahn was in St. Albert. As an ex-Major League Baseball player, 
who was uh, leading a, a baseball camp with uh, probably about 50 kids. So the you know the parents of those kids were comfortable with them uh, signing up and being taught by Greg. Former big leaguer Mike Johnson, who's an Edmontonian, uh, helped uh, facilitate Greg being in town. Uh, that was the context of the interview. Uh, that we talked about baseball. We talked about his camp. Uh, I thought it was newsworthy that an ex-Major League Baseball player was in town. We don't get a lot of them coming through Edmonton. And that was the focus of the interview. It wasn't uh, supporting or or advocating anything that Greg has done in the past. He He did something that was deemed inappropriate in the workplace that I think we can all agree it was, uh, you know, he shouldn't have done. He's paid the price for it. It's not my belief that he should then be ostracized from the baseball community, from the media community because of that. Therefore, uh, I had him on the show. But I do appreciate that you wrote in. Thanks for sharing your opinion. But uh, again, I was comfortable putting Greg, Greg on. I understand that this listener, Greg, uh, was not. But thanks for reaching out. All right, you can always text 630-630, and our phone number is 780-496-0063. The two hires by the Oilers today, actually, I mentioned Archie Henderson, Director of Pro Scouting, and Tyler Wright, Director of Amateur Scouting, both coming over from the Red Wings organization. Tyler Wright was on with Bob Stoffer earlier today. Get the full interview on the Oilers page on 630Ched.com. Got a good snippet here, kind of a pretty uh, complete answer here from Tyler on what he now has to do next on the future of Bob Green with the organization and uh, the philosophy of his work you know i've got to really sit down here over the next couple of weeks before um you know towards the end of july we start kind of getting back up and running here as far as some of the um under 18 camps and uh you know there's under 20 in plymouth and then you head over obviously the big tournaments over the ivan holink gretzky cup that's over in bratislava um this year you know, I've got to sit down and, and kind of dig through, um, you know, kind of what guys have done here in the past, um, certain crossover guys. Uh, obviously, I, I'm familiar with some of the staff. Um, there are some guys that I'm not familiar with, too. And, and you know, I mean, I'm a firm believer of giving a guy an opportunity to, to voice their opinion. Um, I'm trying to be a good communicator. I want to be a good listener. I want to listen to what these guys have to say. Uh, bring me ideas. How can we get better? Um, I'm not the guy that's just going to come here and, and come with an iron fist to say it's my way uh, or the kind of the highway. I, I think that we've got to collectively do this together. At the end of the day, a decision has to be made where that sits, sits with me, and, and I'll own up to it when we do make those decisions. But it's going to be a group, group effort going forward. Um, as far as Bob Green goes, um, he'll be on staff working with, uh, you know, with me. Um, at what point uh, and in what role, uh, you know, we really haven't sat down, but, uh, you know, he'll definitely be coming over to the Holinka with me and, and sitting down and, and going through philosophies. Obviously, you know, by myself coming in, I've got a little bit of a, probably a different philosophy on how things are going to run, and I'm going to put that in place. And, um, at the end of the day, I have to filtrate kind of Ken Holland's, um, 
you know, philosophy and the way that he wants the Oilers team to look. And, and that's my job is to go out into the area, guys, and make sure that that philosophy is getting filtered down. And, and we're, we're going to start evaluating on um, the way that we want the Edmonton Oilers to look like. Uh, the way that we want the Oilers to look like is different the way that, you know, the Philadelphia Flyers and the Calgary Flames want to look. And, and how can we get better? And, and, and where do we see the future of the game going? Um, and try to get ahead of that curve and constantly moving and constantly changing and, te- you know, tweaking our philosophies and going back and revisiting drafts and, and not so much to point blame, but more, more importantly to go back and, and let's have dialogue on why we like this guy and um, why did he not turn out? Why did we like this guy and turned out to be better? Um, how can we learn from that? little bit there from Tyler Wright, the new director of amateur scouting for the Edmonton Oilers. That full interview was on Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer earlier today. And we will uh, have Archie Henderson, who's the new director of pro scouting, coming up out of the 730 News. Also, this interesting story about Ed Elnicki, the former U of A Golden Bear running back. Heck, Crichton winner as the best university football player in the country in 2017. He has taken a stab at rugby. Pretty cool stuff, so he's going to let us know how that happened. Okay. 21 nothing. Winnipeg leading Toronto. Friday night football in the CFL. I don't think anybody will be surprised by how that game is going there into the second quarter. Tomorrow, Montreal and Ottawa, uh, you know, not a lot of love for Ottawa before the season. They are 2-1. and one. Montreal in there at 1-2. and two. And don't forget the next Eskimos game is next Saturday in Montreal. It's a matinee. Starts at 2. Our countdown to kickoff will start at 12.30. The other game tomorrow, Calgary and Hamilton. That should be a good one. Calgary at 2-1. and one. Hamilton sitting there at 3-1. and one. All right. Quick timeout for the news. We are back with Archie Henderson. Hope your weekend is off to a great start. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Edmonton Prospects home game tonight. They're already up 4-0 in the top of the second against Melville. The Edmonton Stingers, Canadian Elite Basketball League, getting to 9-4 last night with a 111-91 win over Guelph. They will go to Guelph for their next game next Saturday. FC Edmonton 1-0 to start the fall season. will visit the York 9 on Sunday. And, of course, last night the Eskimos taking it to the BC Lions 33-6. Natea Jay, a 77-yard touchdown, four receptions for 106 yards. The Oilers news today, Tyler Wright on board as the director of amateur scouting and this man, Archie Henderson, is the new director of pro scouting. Archie, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing really good. Thank you very much, Rick. Well, thanks for coming on the show tonight and uh, welcome to the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, Pretty cool here that you're joining the club. Tell us a little bit about how this opportunity shook down for you, Archie. Well, you know, it, it, it happened here a couple of weeks ago that I got a call from Ken Holland. It was after the NHL draft, and uh, Steve Eiserman had asked me earlier at our meetings in Detroit if I would welcome uh, a phone call from Ken um, because he had inquired uh, as to whether he could have permission to speak to me. And um, I said I would wait for Kenny's call. He called me after the draft and spoke to me and said that he was 
you know, going to make some changes, and he wanted to know if I would come on board. And, and I talked to my wife and everything. And being an Alberta boy and born and raised in Calgary and, of course, always calling Alberta home, it was an opportunity for me after many, 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 many years to come back home, I guess, to Alberta and work for somebody that um, I not only have worked for before, but um, I've worked, uh, I've known for many, many years, and a person that I, I believe in uh, very, very much. Well, and great lead into my next question. Uh, I mean, Ken's obviously been in the NHL for a long time, very successful with Detroit. I'm getting to know him a little bit professionally just through the uh, media GM relationship and seems to me it would be a very uh, very laid back, no pretense with Ken. Obviously, you've known him a long time. Maybe your sense, Archie, of uh, why he's, he's the right guy for the situation the Oilers are in, not just given his experience, but maybe given his personality as well. Well, I mean, he's a Western Canada boy as well. And uh, the thing is about Ken Hall and having won the Stanley Cups that he has, people can look at it and say, oh, well, he had a great team and he had this and he had that. The bottom line is, is he's the guy that put them together. And you're right, he is laid back. He's very, very much a sports fan. And he's the type of guy that has a plan in place leading up to whatever his end goals will be. And having worked with them, it's completely different than just knowing them. And uh, I saw that firsthand in Detroit. What we did in Detroit in the four years since the 25-year playoff record was halted was we basically went back to the grassroots. The Detroit Red Wings have been left with an abundance of draft picks in the last two years. They have more draft picks coming in the next two years. They've got a tremendous amount of prospects in their cupboard. They have some of the best under 25-year-old players in the National Hockey League today and they have a tremendous amount of cap space left. Ken Hall had left them with that, and I know that he's going to do much the same thing in Detroit at given time. In, in terms of how you want to approach this, Archie, uh, I, I mean, I've, the, the Oilers have made a change here with uh, with the pro scouting. There were some, you know, trades and additions that, that didn't work the way people were hoping over the last uh, couple of years. Ken's talked a little bit about speed. We've talked a lot about depth scoring. You know, are, where where are these players? How can you uh, how can you uh, obtain them? What kind of types of things do you want to look for here uh, as you get out there? Well, the number one thing is is people have to understand you're you're not going to just go out and and steal players from other organizations. Players that are good players are are not on the market to be traded. There are different opportunities throughout the as years go by uh, where players do become available for whatever different reasons, and that's going to happen more and more with the, the the cap space that you have on your particular team. Right now, with our club, we don't have a lot of cap space, so we're limited as to what we can do. Now we've talked you know, through the free agency, and we've continued to talk in different ways that we're going to be able to improve the team. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day, how you sustain a strong franchise that competes for a Stanley Cup long-term is through the drafting and developing of your own players. It's very, very important to add that we've also added Tyler Wright uh, from the Detroit Red Wings to the Edmonton Oilers. He'll be the director of amateur scouting. And Tyler has done a really good job in Detroit with Kenny. Kenny gives his people a directive. He expects them to follow that. He expects us to follow his plan. We're all a member of the team, just as, and I will say this, 
the media is in Edmonton, just as all the people who work for the Edmonton Oilers are, just as the upper executive, Bob Nicholson, and our tremendous ownership in Daryl Couch, but also the fans of the Edmonton Oilers. We're all in this together, and we're all going to make this thing grow, and we're all going to turn this thing into something that we're all very, very proud of behind Ken Holland's leadership. You know, Archie, I, I'm curious your take on on the, the speed of the game in the NHL because every player I interviewed says how it's ramped up. Um, you know, I had Mark Letestu on the show a couple of weeks ago after he signed with Winnipeg, and he, and he said, yeah, it is indeed faster, um, but you have to still be productive or you still have to have another dimension. So I'm just curious your take on that because there's a lot of talk about speed, 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 but I've always thought it's great to get somewhere before everybody else, but you better be able to do something once you get there. Oh, you have to be able to skate. There's no question, but you have to have hockey sense as well. You got to be able to know how to play the game and you got to be able to make plays. The game really hasn't changed so much as far as the thinking process of it. It is faster, don't get me wrong, and things do happen at a higher speed, but you've got to be able to know how to play the game too, and that comes from hockey sense. And that will be part of what we try to identify as we move forward. But I would say the other thing what Kenny is very strong on, he's very strong on character. He wants players, and I'm not talking about toughness and fighting and all that. I'm talking about players that come to play. You can have a player that's super fast, he don't come to play. You can have a player that's not very skilled, but boy, he comes to play. He's like a junkyard dog. And if you've got any kind of hockey sense, that's the kind of player that the Edmonton Oilers are going to look for. Archie Henderson joining us in Inside Sports, joining the Edmonton Oilers as Director of Pro Scouting. Archie, great stuff there. Um, we'll have to try to have a, a longer sit-down with some memories from your playing days when we have time, too. But I, I do want to just pop back to one, because not your first experience as a member of the Oilers organization. You were a Nova Scotia Oiler in uh, 1984-85, along with some names Oilers fans will remember like Pat Conacher, Mark Habscheid, Ramo Suminen uh, was on that team. I think a young uh, Steve Smith before he joined the NHL. What do you remember about being a Nova Scotia Oiler? You know, it was it was really interesting you say that because that was brought up uh, this morning to me by somebody else, and I got thinking back about it. Mike Zanier also played on that team. You know, the Edmonton Oilers at that time were one of, if not the best, NHL team and, and probably the best team in the world. And a lot of the young players that were coming up through their system didn't really always get a great opportunity to play with the Oilers because the big team was just too good. I enjoyed every second that I ever had playing with the Nova Scotia Oilers. Glenn Sather was the general manager. He was like a father to all of us. And again, I go back to the whole feeling of family. The Nova Scotia Oilers back in that day, which also included one of our new assistant coaches, Jimmy Playfair, we were all part of the same family. And Glenn was very, very adamant about everybody being welcome and being part of one team. Because, you know, as things went on, for example, through the playoffs, some of these guys ended up coming up and having to fill short-term roles for the Oilers so that they could win the Cups. And, you know, Steve Smith, for example, turned into a tremendous NHL defenseman. It was all because of the feeling with the Edmonton Oilers and around the Edmonton Oilers. And again, that is something that I know Kenny wants to promote in our organization 
And that just doesn't mean just the players. That includes everybody that's involved or every, everybody that cares about, uh, about the orange and blue. Well, Archie, uh, it's great to have you on board, and I appreciate you making time for us here on a Friday night. Great stuff, and we'll see you around the rink. Thank you so much. Thanks very much. All right, Archie Henderson takes over an area that uh, many of you, many observers of the Edmonton Oilers have identified as a weakness, and that is pro scouting. He's the new director there. What do you think of what you heard? You can text 630-630, our phone number is 780-496-0063. Looking to uh, repair a lot of the deficiencies that have kept the Edmonton Oilers out of the playoffs. Uh, What are we at now? 12 times in the last 13 years. All Winnipeg, halfway through the second quarter, they are crushing Toronto 28-0. We're back after the break. this set me free by velvet revolver did this i was on their first album contraband but i believe it was from the movie hulk the one directed by uh ang lee starring what was that guy eric banna angie quinnell's on the other side of the window tonight i believe that was uh the first hulk film i will do a search I, for I, it you know what don't worry i'm pretty i'm pretty okay. sure i'm pretty oh, sure i got i'm you pretty sure i got it right <laughs> i'm pretty i'm pretty sure i got it right that is uh that is a great track that was a good album, by and then they had another one, uh, L- L- uh, Libertad. Was that their second album? Something like that. It was pretty good too. Uh, I, I saw the uh, new Spider-Man movie. It's very good. Is it? Far from home. Very I good. Know. I struggle with Spider-Man. Why? Because I really, they have so many, and then I fell in love with, I not really say Tobey Maguire, but I fell in love with the fact that Venom was coming. Then they took it away. Terrible movie. Spider-Man 3 is the worst one. I get that, but I was so excited for Venom. So I was like, I was so pumped. I was right there. And then it was gone. But like the new Venom movie, I fell in love with. Like they did so good on it. It, I'm almost glad I didn't see it in theaters because there was a lot of moments that I had to just pause it and like gut laugh. <laughs> so, oh, really? <laughs> yes. I, I did not see the Venom movie starring Tom Hardy. I, I'm, I'm not sure I want to, but since it's a comic book movie, I'll probably uh, watch it eventually. Without any further ado, our next guest has been a frequent one on this show over the years, an outstanding university football career, and he's changing gears a little bit. Please welcome back to Inside Sports, Ed Ilnicki. Ed, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Reed. How are you doing? I'm doing excellent. It's great to have you on the show. It is uh, awesome to catch up with you. Uh, how's life been since we last talked? It's been about a, about a year or so since you were last on the show. What, how have you been keeping? Yeah, no, things have been going really well for me, Reed. I uh, spent last summer kind of seeing what happened from a CFL free agency opportunity and made the decision that wasn't anything I was really excited about in the 2018 season. So I got started working with a financial technology startup company down in Calgary and I've been doing that for the last little while and kind of closed the door on the football chapter of my life but I've got some exciting news to share and I'm stoked to I'm really stoked about it looking forward to heading out to Victoria taking a crack at rugby well this is this is pretty cool so uh shifting gears uh, a little bit getting in how, how how old are you now 
I'm 24 as of last week. 24 as of last week. Okay, so you're you're going out to Victoria. So give us the lowdown here. How did this opportunity start with rugby? Yeah, so I while I was playing at U of A, Matt Barr, who's the director of athletic performance or athletic development for Rugby Canada, he was a strength coach at University of Manitoba for a few years while I was playing at U of A. And so he kind of kept tabs on guys across different teams and across the Canada West that he figured would be good fits for rugby long term. And so he gave me a call about a month ago asking if if I was still pursuing a career in football and then if I was interested in a career in rugby or at least giving it a shot. So he presented me with an opportunity to join the Pacific Pride, which is going to be Rugby Canada's essentially development team that will compete in the BC Club Union starting this this fall, and I'm going to take a shot at it. It's not a lot of time thinking about it, but I'm really interested in the opportunity. It's something new and exciting, and it's a big experiment for me as an athlete. Yeah, I'll say. So th- this is just purely be- because of your outstanding football career, you, you get an opportunity here to-, to see if you can excel at another sport. Yeah, well, and it's something, too, that it's one of those phone calls that if you don't answer the if you don't answer the email or you don't answer the phone, you ne- might never have happened. So Matt got in contact with Connor Hood, who's a great friend of mine working at the athletics department, and got my contact info. And it's like, if Connor hadn't, you know, answered that email or made the connection, if we didn't have as good a relationship as we did, it might never have happened. So I'm really I'm really lucky, and I'm really looking forward to this big ex- experiment for myself. Now, do you have any uh, experience as a rugby player? To, like, obviously playing football at the level you did, that, that would be pretty time-consuming. Anything with rugby? Yeah, I am brand new to the sport, in fact. I didn't get a chance. We didn't have a team while I was attending high school in Spruce Grove. And they've recently, I think, developed a program there. But I'm going to be brand new to the sport. So this is I'm coming in very raw, very new to the game. I'm definitely a fan of it. I've watched a handful of games and I've had the chance. I've been exposed to it a little bit. We have a really strong uh, Pandas rugby program at U of A. And I had some good friends competing on that team. So I was exposed to it a little bit, but never had the chance to step on the field and play in a game. So I'm really looking forward to learning something new. It's a new adventure for me. And it's a chance to see how do my skills translate and then what new abilities am I going to get to learn along the way and learning about a new game and a whole new environment and culture that exists in the rugby world well this is going to be an interesting transition for you and uh, no equipment buddy you're just, you're yeah. just, just out no there guard and a pair of cleats <laughs> Well, I, I mean, rugby, I mean, football evolved out of rugby. Obviously, football added yeah. more set formations and a little more start-stop, and obviously the, the forward pass eventually uh, came out of that. But for a guy like you who could run with speed and run with power, I, I, I would think some of those skills are pretty transferable. Yeah, I'm thinking, I was talking, I went out to Victoria a couple weeks ago to check out the facility, and and Rugby Canada has this awesome facility in Langford, just outside of Victoria, and I was talking to a few of the guys that play on the Senior Sevens team about, you know, what things I'm going to have to learn, and I think ball in hand, I'm going to be pretty comfortable, but there's just some fine nuances to the game about understanding passes and making reads, and depending on what position you are, how you play as a defensive player, and the fluidity of the game is something I'm really attracted to going from a start and stop environment in football where it's okay let's set up this chess match for one play and then stop and reset versus rugby is a continuous development of those same matchups and creating space and putting guys in at the good position so I'm really looking forward to see what translates and also what kind of bad habits 
from a rugby standpoint that I'm going to have to get rid of that were maybe good habits while I was playing football at a high level. Ed Ilnicki joining us on Inside Sports tonight, telling you about his uh, opportunity to uh, go play uh, rugby with the Pacific Pride and, of course, former U of A Golden Bear, former Heck Crichton winner as the best university football player in uh, in all of the country. Well, this this is cool how, you know, probably a, a bit of an uh, unexpected opportunity. Uh, what did your grandpa say? He's become a bit of a star whenever you're on. What, what did yeah. he say about this? <laughs> Yeah, it was it was a fun conversation. I told him about it. He said, "Well, what's like? How does this, we are not a rugby family?" And I, fair warning to people that I'm like I do not know what I'm jumping into to the full extent. But he had no idea kind of what the sport's like. He's he's interested in learning more about it. He's being very supportive along the way. But he was very big on okay. Well, if you're going to walk away from whatever you've started as a professional career now you know, in, in a working environment, you need to do all of your homework. So as much as I was very excited and giddy and kind of ramping myself up and this energy about this new opportunity, he said, slow down, take your time, do your homework about it, figure out what the opportunity looks like, get all of those details, ask all of those questions, because it's a big change. Spending, you know, I've spent the better part of 24 years in the Edmonton area, been around my family, very used to very rooted here in Alberta so that alone moving out to the island is going to be a lot of new for me and I'm excited for that I think it's a really cool opportunity to grow as a person and as an athlete. Do you know on the Pacific Pride will there be others basically sort of first-time rugby players any other guys they brought in uh, out of football do you know anything about that? Mm -hmm. As far as I know I'm going to be the freshest to rugby I'm going to be the only player who has kind of minimal exposure to the sport overall there are a couple former football players that have been around it for sure there's a i forget his name right now but he was a defensive lineman at university of laval out, out in quebec so he's been spending some time playing playing rugby for the last little while so there's going to be a few people that are kind of transitioning but most have played at a pretty high level or have been exposed to the sport in general so it's going to be a mix it's going to be kind of like coming back to a university football program where you have some younger players that are fresh out of high school but maybe they've been playing rugby for a long time and then you have some older players that are coming from a different different space that are newer to the sport but i'm going to be the freshest overall have they talked about how they want to use you or are you going to be one of the players that they want handling the ball a little bit more or anything along those lines yeah so there's an interesting so jeff hassler was a really successful canadian rugby player and has been playing in professional leagues around the world for the last few years he's a university university of saskatchewan running back for a couple of years and then transitioned full-time into playing rugby and so uh, hassler was playing in a wing spot so that's a potential where you're a bit more outside you're focused on scoring but I'm really open to anything. I've been talking to the coaches about playing something that's a bit more of a back row player, a number seven, which is an open side flanker, where you're a bit more around around the scrum and making tackles and getting short chunks of yardage as you're moving down the field. So I'm really open to anything. I think there's part of my skill sets that'll be good in one way, but I think it's going to be how do I develop over the course of the whole season, and then where does that put me in a position to be successful and put put our team as a whole and fill any gaps that are needed there okay well and this is a pretty cool opportunity we'll have to uh, keep in touch about this and uh, hopefully it develops into something pretty special for you buddy thanks for the update it's yeah. always a pleasure to have you on inside sports cool thanks for having me Reed. talk soon interesting opportunity for ed ill nicky contacted by rugby canada and he's going to victoria to try his luck with the pacific pride good stuff there hey the argos scored but they have a long way to go. 
Final couple minutes of the first half. It is Winnipeg leading Toronto 31-6. Baseball. Edmonton prospects. Bottom of the third. They have a 5-0 lead on the Melville Millionaires. Angie Quinnell, the studio producer this evening. Angie, great to see you. Thanks for your hard work. Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports. Besides Ed Nicky, you heard from Archie Henderson, Blake Dermott, and Gene Principe was in studio. Thanks to everybody who texted in and called as well. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, let's, uh, let's finish with the Natea J highlight one more time. Trevor Harris injured late in the first half. Took half time to recuperate and has come out to start play here for the Eskimos. He takes the snap. Looks okay as he takes the drop. Then he shovels it off to Natea Jay, who's up across the 40. He swings it to the 45, the 50. Down the sidelines he goes. Natea Jay, he's got all sorts of daylight inside the 10. Touchdown, Eskimos. Natea Jay, he cut the ball and took off. Let his feet do the work, and there are no flags on the play. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.